0: I just watched a full weekend of college football without USC playing and the Trojans deserved at least one first place vote in the most recent poll. You are locked on Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you want to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. Show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, this is going to be on a lot, and it's going to be easy. You see that subscribe button, click it. When you see the thumbs up button, smash it, and I don't want you to miss one episode Monday through Friday. Hit that bell notification button, and you are covered. This episode is sponsored to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you can get $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On to get started. I was uh, able to spend my entire weekend to buy a week for USC. So I watched a whole bunch of college football with a really unbiased view. Well, unbiased for me, to the best of my extent. And I have to say, I watched a a real crappy slate of games. There wasn't a lot going on. One thing is really clear after this weekend. I have no idea who the best team in the country is. And everybody's watching the show. Neither do you. Let's just let's just be real frank about that. After uh, we'll call it four weeks. You have the zero week, plus this is the third week of the season. No one looks like the clear-cut best team of the country. Not even Georgia. They get some flaws. So why not give a few of those number one votes to the Trojans? The new AP top 25 poll was released. Let me uh, get that up there for you. So you can see this as I start to pontificate. And as you can see, the number five, that uh, didn't really change. It did flip-flop a little with numbers three and four. You got Georgia at number one, Michigan number two, Texas at number three, Florida State drops to number four, USC number five. Now, of those top five, there are 63 first-place votes. Georgia got 57 of them. Michigan two, Texas got three, Florida State one, USC got zero. So of those 63 teams, up 63 votes, I guess no one who cast a vote believe that USC can beat the four teams ahead of them. Is that the way I should interpret this? I mean, for all the grief that people like to throw at USC's defense, can't we throw the same shade at the bad offices that are out there? Here's how. Here's what my weekend of football started out with: that barn burner between uh, Tennessee and Florida down in the swamp. After Tennessee's latest loss to Florida, I think that was number 11 in a row in the swamp. They dropped all the way down to number 23 in the country. And my weekend ended with it was an exciting game, albeit an extremely sloppy and. Double overtime, uh, Colorado win over their rival Colorado State. Because of the way Colorado won, they actually dropped a spot in the poll. A team that nobody anticipated, myself included, would sniff the poll at any point this season. They're now being uh, dropped if they're not winning the way that, that people expect them to win. Take a peek at the uh, the top 25 there. You can see uh, USC's number five. The Pac-12 is well represented. You got Washington at eight. Oregon at 10. Utah, 11. Oregon State at 14. Who else we got in there? Yo, Washington State, 21. Oh, Colorado at 19. UCLA, 22. And USC's other uh, opponent in there, Notre Dame, number nine. All right, let me get rid of that. You've looked at that long enough, and I will keep talking, though. So if we're going to penalize Colorado for uh, for not winning impressively, uh, why are we not penalizing the other teams? So I watched in between those two games, the, the Florida-Tennessee game and, and that nightcap with Colorado, Colorado State. In between, I watched Georgia. They struggled at home with South Carolina. The Bulldogs were uh, trailing 14 to three at halftime. They won the game 24 to 14. Michigan, who's number two, uh, look, their schedule is softer than USC's, but they're getting the benefit of the doubt. So far, they beat Bowling Green 31 to six. They won the other two games at home as well against East Carolina 30 to three and UNLV 35 to seven. I watched. Boston College literally implode at home against Florida State with penalty after penalty after penalty. It was just Boston College did everything they could to give that game away, and they did. That allowed Florida State to survive 31 to 29 up there on Chestnut Hill. And for whatever reason, Texas needed a 21 point fourth quarter to pull away to win 31 to 10 over Wyoming. That was in Austin, Texas. I mean, is it, is it possible that Wyoming has a better quarterback situation than Alabama? And Nick Saban has literally no one to blame but himself for his current situation on offense. I mean, how do you not have a quarterback waiting to step into Bryce Young's shoes? And why would you hire somebody who is barely over the age of 30 to run your offense when you have a when you have significant quarterback issues on your roster, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that Texas win over Alabama, who Alabama slid down to number 13, is looking worse and worse because the Tide are, the Crimson Tide, they are still overrated at number 13. (coughs) Pardon me, I, I... I mentioned FSU dropped one spot in their in the AP poll down to number four. Yet some someone still gave them the number one vote. Why? Because LSU addressed Mississippi State forty-one to fourteen, or was it because the Seminoles needed Boston College to commit, you know, to commit at least a, what was it, a thousand penalties at home this upcoming weekend? Florida State will travel to Clemson. Clemson opened their season as a reminder against Duke, and with that, when they lost in an embarrassing fashion, they fell out of the top twenty-five. But I'll tell you what: if FSU wins down in Death Valley, they're going to earn some street cred with me, because even if the Tigers are average this year, uh, if you can go into Clemson and leave with a victory, that you've earned something there. So, I asked this question on Twitter X, whatever we're calling it today. Uh, and some people voted yes. Some people, you know, said, yeah, USC definitely deserves some number one votes. But a lot of others who voted kept saying no because USC hasn't played anybody yet. That's not the question, nor the point. You're judging who is or who are the best teams out there this season because nobody has played anyone yet who looks good. Nobody. The juries are still out on on Alabama and LSU if you're looking to give Texas and Florida State credit, respectively, for those wins. If you know for the crowd that says, well, they at least beat somebody. Okay? How good are they, though? We don't know yet. As I said, as long as Georgia remains undefeated, they deserve to be number one overall. I'm not questioning that. But, again, that wasn't my question. The question was, does USC deserve any of those number one recognition votes based on this year, on the body of evidence that we've seen from everybody, comparatively speaking? And if the Trojans leave Tempe, Arizona with a similar score to what they did against Stanford, 56 to 10, what will that prove? Because both Stanford and the Sun Devils are, they're both hot garbage this year. I mean, are you going to give USC credit for doing it on the road? You should. I mean, if Florida is now considered the 25th best team in the country with their win over Tennessee at home, I'm not sure who's voting because they're not, Florida's not a very good team. I think Tennessee's just cursed. They they just, they can't win in the swamp no matter what they do. In fact, I mean, of the four teams with one loss that are still in the the top 25 AP poll, all four of them are from the SEC, So, Bama, Tennessee, Florida. If we're going to keep saying USC has to wait until, you know, the Trojans beat someone of significance, that might not happen until that Notre Dame game. Especially if Oregon does some, I don't know, they start to get a little bestiality mode on on, on Colorado uh, this weekend. If they if they take Ralphie behind the woodshed. Yeah, sorry for those visuals, but Colorado was already dropped at home for winning against the rival. So again, depending on how bad that score is, you know, if Oregon beats Colorado bad enough, Buffalo. Colorado could literally drop out of the top 25 by the time USC shows up. The week four AP poll, USC has 1,296 points total. The number four uh, team was at 1,378 last week, the week before. The week three AP poll, USC had 1,269 points. The number four was at 1,338 points. Hmm. So even though USC has more points, they're even further away from number four despite everybody looking like crap over the weekend. Someone explain to me again why USC doesn't deserve at least one of those number one votes from Georgia or from Texas or from Florida State. Or Michigan. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college and get on your way to being your best self. We've all been there. You've got, you get to that fork in the road and you're faced with tough choices and you're unsure of which path to follow. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and with excitement. Sometimes just talking about it with someone can help bring clarity to the situation. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P like Paul.com forward slash locked on college. The college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football implications, the playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Lockdown College Football live every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Lockdown College Football Tube YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All right, you're looking at the rundown. I'm talking about uh, in this segment building confidence on the road. the uh, The Arizona Sunday, the Arizona State Sun Devils, are just a, they're just a bad team. I don't know how much confidence USC is going to get beating them, but this will be their first test on the road. Not only is ASU bad, they are uh, pathetic. I, that, that's putting it mildly. I, I'm not trying to be mean or jerk. They are just bad. ASU just lost at home to Fresno State, which isn't the, necessarily a bad thing. Fresno State, is, I think they've won now 12 in a row going back, dating back to last year. But they lost at home to Fresno State, 29 to nothing. They got shut out. That's the first time they were held scoreless at home since 1988. Oh, that last shutout that happened in 1988, that came against USC. The score was 50 to 0. I believe USC was number two, the number two team in the country at that time. And that's who USC faces. That's who... Arizona State faces next, USC. This Saturday, Tempe, Arizona. (coughs) The Sun Devils are literally, they are a complete mess on offense. They've played three games this year. They're averaging 13 points per, per contest. They've scored 39 points through three games. They've won one game. And that game, they barely won at home over southern Utah 24 to 21. 24 to 21. Then they lost at home to Oklahoma State 27 to 15. This past weekend, Oklahoma State just lost at home, at home to South Alabama. The score was 33 to 7. I'm telling you. Arizona State is in a a world of hurt. They've got a brand-new head coach. He's supposed to be an offensive guru. His name is Kenny Dillingham. You look at him, he looks like he's barely old enough to shave. I'm not joking. And right before the season started, sometime during fall camp, their administration kind of broke the news to the team that they were going to implement their own bull ban for this upcoming season and some, some sanctions before the NCAA could get involved. This goes back to the whole Herm Edwards and that whole COVID year that was going on where they were hosting recruits when everything was supposed to be shut down. It was a, they went rogue. <laughs> they were going to get hit with some sanctions. So I don't think anybody anticipated Arizona State making the, uh, the bowl game or making the bowl, uh, making a bowl game this year. So it was, I just don't know if you want to, do that because the NCA they really don't have any teeth. Who knows what they would have done? Anyways, I guess this is going to be Arizona State's bowl game with ASU with USC coming to town at least until they play Arizona in their uh last game of the year in the Territorial Cup. It's another rivalry game that can get pretty nasty. So I guess the question is, just how motivated are the Sun Devils going to be when it's fifty to nothing at halftime? It's a night game, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Their star freshman quarterback, Jaden Rashada, he wasn't able to play this past weekend. He's going to be out at least four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. He won't be there when USC gets to town. They played their two backup quarterbacks, Trent Bourget, redshirt freshman, and the transfer Drew Pine, who came over over from Notre Dame last year. Um, By the end of the game, they were playing their fourth string quarterback. There. If you want to take any positive, if you're a Sun Devil fan, you held the Bulldogs to 29 points. They scored on their opening drive, touchdowns on their opening drive in the first half, in the second half. Otherwise, you held them to five field goals. This game against USC has the potential to get really, really, really ugly. There's three words of emphasis. How ugly. Well, ASU had eight turnovers against Fresno State. Five interceptions, three fumbles, and their quarterback was sacked four times. I'm telling you. Uh, Unless the USC team is somehow diverted to the middle of the desert, or the Trojans are like looking ahead to Boulder a week later, I guess they could end up looking like one of those teams that played over the weekend. And they'll win. They'll just have a bunch of dumb penalties. You don't want that. This is the type of, you want to look clean when you go on the road to Arizona State. Go in, take care of business. Don't make it personal. And when I say don't make it personal, don't don't leave with 10 personal fouls. Those penalties killed Colorado State. We'll get to that in the next segment here. It should it should be a clean, easy win. Arizona State has zero motivation. Make sure they understand they have zero chance to win the game by the time USC is done with their third offensive series. It should be 21 to nothing. Coach Lincoln Riley talked about how they wanted to use the bye week, you know, to clean stuff up. You know, make sure that, you know, everything was kind of buttoned up. Get those guys were are committing those dumb, stupid penalties to stop committing those dumb, stupid penalties so they're not being sat down. You no know, coach's choice, trying to send a message. The Sun Devils have not scored a point on offense since the second quarter against Oklahoma State. So far, USC's defense has given up 28 points, 14 points, and 10 points respectively in their three games. San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. So, is it out of the is it out of the realm of possibility for USC to get a shutout? And how much credit are you going to give USC for beating an offensive team, for beating a team who on offense is down to their fourth string quarterback? It's gonna be a seven thirty PM start, and it's gonna USC is gonna have a challenge staying motivated. This is gonna be a, a difficult coaching uh, opportunity for for the staff. They got to make sure they keep the team motivated, keep their heads in the game, make sure they don't do things stupid, and come out of there healthy. get another opportunity <clears throat> get the starters out of there by halftime. After, you know, after the half, get the backups in there. Get some experience on the road. Maybe let Caleb play into the third quarter. Then miller Moss can take over in the fourth quarter. Or halfway through the third quarter. But again, I don't know what ASU can do to to stop USC. USC should be full of confidence when they hit the road for Boulder in week five. They should be 4-0 by the time they reach there. It's now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Now, despite USC having a bye week, uh, there were still a lot of game-changing plays over the weekend. Unfortunately, Caleb Williams wasn't involved in any of them. Still, though, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the the non-alcoholic beer game. His name is Superman. We call him Caleb Williams. Here's what you need to know about Caleb Williams heading into this weekend's game against Arizona State. He has 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions, and he'll be ready for this next game. And so you'll want to be ready before, during, and after the game. Athletic Brewing makes non alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers, You can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right. The hype train is starting to slow down. Someone's greasing the tracks. Maybe it's going uphill a little bit now. Schedule's getting a little bit tougher. Are we done believing in the Colorado is a good team hype yet? I am. Look, I've been saying it since they first got their, their first win against TCU, and I followed up with Nebraska. I am thoroughly convinced after watching them beat Colorado state Colorado yes they are 3-0 and yes they showed a lot of resiliency coming back at home over a team they were sked you know they were favored to win by what three touchdowns 21 points so you get credit for coming back getting the win you're supposed to win now with that said if you were watching the games over the weekend, like I was, and you were watching those halftime shows with all the analysts on Fox or on the ESPN, you could already tell that the tide was starting to shift during ha- the halftime shows. Well, before the Colorado, Colorado state game even kicked off during those morning game time, game day shows, you know, ESPN's game day, the uh, big noon kickoff show on Fox. It was a prime-time love fest. They could not get enough. It's all about marketing. Look, I get it. Everybody, that's what you do. It's a good story. You give them their their 15 minutes of fame. But literally, by, by halftime of those early games on Saturday, all of a sudden, you know, the analysts like Urban Meyer, you know, they're saying, you know, And the folks over at ESPN, they're they're starting to highlight, you know, the death issues that Colorado is going to start experiencing. I brought that up. I've been bringing that up. Well, I'm sure Travis Hunter, you know, what happened to him, played a role in how things played out. But that's to my point. There's no one behind their first string players at Colorado. They've got their leaders or they've got their dogs. Those first 11 on both sides of the ball, they're competitive. They'll fight you to the end. It's behind those guys. They got nothing. I'm not questioning it was a late hit. It was definitely after the play. It was a fierce, brutal hit after. There's no doubt about it. We're talking about the, uh, the play that took Travis Hunter out of the game. That type of stuff happens in rivalry games. We've seen it. Here's what Here's what else we saw. Colorado State, literally, they came out and they punched Colorado in the mouth. And for all intents and purposes, they, they should have won that game. Have they played smarter and they not made a personal? Like 10 times, as in 10 personal foul penalties in the game that that one that that eventually ended up taking Travis Hunter out of the game. I'm fine with that. Like I said, that type of stuff happens in rivalry games. But the the, the illegal blocks and, and the the pick plays by your best player on offense. I mean, Jay Norvell, the, the head coach for for the Rams, that offensive line was consistently called for illegal blocks. And then their best player on defense, the roughing penalty, that late one in the game against Shadur Sanders, it was a legit call. But you know what? That's what helped contribute to the, your loss if you're Colorado State. <laughs> you got to give credit to Colorado. They went 90-plus yards. They tied the score at the end of the game. And it also took a two-point conversion to get it done. That sent it to overtime. But again, if you watch that game, you you're starting to get a sense of all right. Or Colorado is they had their fun. I I said it. they were exposed against Nebraska. They Colorado cannot stop the run, and their own, their own offensive line, they're going to get Shadour Sanders killed. He is not going to make it through the season. Crazy things can happen. I will be shocked. I'm literally shocked. In fact, I'll have to come up with something to do on the show to to eat crow. I will not eat actual crow, but I will eat crow if Colorado is undefeated when USC shows up in Boulder in two weeks. The Buffaloes are about to find out what's going to happen on the road when they get to Eugene. It's not going to be pretty. I'm not a. I don't like to give. Oregon credit, but Oregon's offense is going to tear Colorado a new one. That's just the facts. It's the facts based on, that's my opinion based on what I've seen. Arizona State, that's just going to be a warm up for USC because Colorado's defense is not as good as the Sun Devils. The Sun Devils, offensively, they're challenged. Defensively, I, I think they're going to compete. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep, how much they'll keep USC up the scoreboard, but they'll they'll make things a little bit more challenging than Colorado's defense. Colorado can be run on, and Caleb is just too dynamic for Colorado to be able to stick around on that game when USC gets there. I think they're going to get a taste of that against Oregon with Bo Nix. Colorado, they're having some fun. They might even have a competitive game up in Eugene. But when USC shows up, I'm sure the Buffaloes will have a couple of big plays, but they're going to get lit up over the middle. Lit up. USC, is their offense is just too dynamic. Lincoln Riley, if you thought Jay Norvell called a good offensive game, watch what Lincoln Riley has planned. And once more, the Buffaloes, they can't afford to lose any more players between now and when USC shows up. So the hype train is slowing down. Listen to the narrative next week as they're talking about Colorado playing at Oregon and then having to face USC the week after. All of a sudden that love is going to be more balanced and it should be. So there you go. First episode of Locked on USC is in the books for this week. I'll have more for you throughout the week. We've got four more episodes before SC gets to Tempe. We'll get it figured out. We'll talk about everything from recruiting to practice, whatever. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.